<laughs> so we'll we'll just kind of ease into it. I'm just gonna kind of ask about you and how you got started, and um, really, it's it's just us. So shit, sure. we've only we've only got like 50 people to watch anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm with you, man. Yeah, yeah, this will be fun. Hell yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, guys, welcome back to the Curio House podcast. My name's Craig Curiocus, and I'm joined by Aaron Lassiter. Did I say your last name right? Yep. yep. Lassiter. Okay. Uh, so owner, operator, MVP pest control. Yes, sir. Yep. Well, well, dude, I appreciate you coming out all the way from Mustang. Oh, yeah. About an hour drive. I, I plugged it in. I was like, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Very fun. Nice. So thanks for having well, me on today. Dude, 100%. Yeah. And I mean, you do a lot of driving anyway, because you guys are doing uh, pest inspections and treatments all over the place, right? Yeah, we go everywhere from uh, Guthrie down to Norman, Yukon out to Choctaw, really. Uh, Greater Oklahoma City Metro is kind of how I say it. Okay. We'll go a little further. Sometimes it just we have to charge more when we go further. So yeah. wow, you're we, paying more in gas and yeah, time. Gas and time. Those are the the two big ones, you know. Yeah. Uh, driving's not free. <laughs> so, it's especially not right now. Right. Oh my god. Yeah, over, yeah. Well, this morning I it was a little under $4, so I think Ooh. it's starting to come back down, but <laughs> I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Man, I saw um when things were getting real bad with Ukraine and Russia, mm-hmm. I was seeing pictures of gas prices posted up all over the place. There's one in California where it was like nine oh nine a gallon. Oh, I was like, "Are you freaking kidding that me?" Shut us down. <laughs> yeah. How could yeah. you even operate? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, we, and we still haven't had a price increase since the gas has gone up. Really? Like, I'm trying to hold out as long as possible. One day that money's going somewhere. To. Yeah. It. One day we may have to, but I always I go back to when it was a dollar a gallon. I wasn't charging less, so. That's true. One day I may have to, but right now we're we're riding this out. So That's awesome, we got man. Six, uh, well, yeah, six vehicles on the road, so it's like mm, that that'll eat you up. No kidding. <laughs> and I, obviously they're going all over the place, so everywhere. Yeah, we try to group stuff in certain areas to save on it, but there'll be that one oddball out in Harrow. We gotta. You know, take never off. fails. Yeah, yeah, every day. So, so yeah. you've got six trucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how many people do you have working for you? Um, let's see. There's five technicians and two girls in the office. Okay. So, so you've got a pretty decent sized operation. Yeah. Yeah. We keep one one spare truck that in case something, you know, we got to get one of the happens. shop. Hey, go hop in the, the van for the day. No one likes to drive the van, though. Really? Is it, was it the first vehicle? <laughs> no, it okay. wasn't. It was, uh, it was actually the third one. The idea behind the van was in the wintertime when it's freezing outside, it'll keep the pumps, you know, you can leave it running and it won't freeze and you can still work out of it. Okay. But just like, no. Did it not work so well? Van. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I end up driving it more than anyone else. And really? Yeah. And I'm like, it, yeah. If, if anyone wants to complain, it's like, look, I was in it last week. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. What, so what happens with the pickup trucks in the winter? How do you, uh, how do you keep the pumps we, from freezing? We keep... Like the small stuff up in the cab, and then the big pump we winterize with like RV. Oh, okay. Or blow yeah. the lines out. So okay, yeah. And so, um, so you've got six technicians, or five, 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 or five yeah. technicians, two girls in the office. Mm-hmm. What? How did you like get this thing started? 
It, was it just you, like you in a there, truck, or there's a, the bat? You want, you want the whole hell yeah? <laughs> Give me the whole story, bro. I want to because yeah. you know what? I'll tell you. I see like you guys do all my pest inspections. Yeah, you do a great job. I haven't met anyone on the team that I don't like. Yeah, um, they clearly when they're going through the house, you can tell they take their time. They're looking for the right things. Mm. They're not just breezing through and. Uh, you know, and then saying you're good, you right. know, you can see them walk around with a the flashlight. They're looking and checking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, then I see you on, you know, Facebook, it looks like you're doing a lot of business and yeah. you seem, you know, very successful. And I'm like, man, what's this guy doing? How did he get here? What's going on? So it, it, it started, well, I'm second generation pest control. My dad, he actually still owns his business called the bug guy. Okay. And, so, uh, so he's like, a and Andy Farms. Oh uh, no, that's my father-in-law. Who's oh, that's your father-in-law. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my okay. dad owns what's a company called the Bug Guy. Um, they're ba- they started off in Edmond. Now they're out of Piedmont, but they they service the same area. And uh, in high school, like in the summers, I knew I was going. Hey, I had to go dig trenches and drill holes, and <laughs> I had no choice. Uh, and after I graduated high school, <clears throat> I went to college for one year. College wasn't for me. I, <laughs> it was I feel you there. The most expensive party of my life. <laughs> yeah, but uh, after after that one year up at OSU, I uh, I dove right into work for him, and then in 2018, I've been with him for a little over nine years, and I said, uh, we're. I want to preface this by saying me and my dad are like best friends now. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like when you're working for him, things got, you know, it's a little different. Say it. It's a little Our different. Relationships a lot better now that I don't work for. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him well, this morning. Dude, it's actually. hard to work for family. Yeah. It's yeah. really hard. And I mean, you think about like the dynamic between a father and son growing up mm-hmm. and then you throw a business in the mix oh, and like, yeah. that's a recipe for trouble. <laughs> so, yeah. It ended up being, I was like, man, what, you know, what, what do I got to do? Like, wanted to make more money too. And he's like, why don't you kind of, it ended up being like, go try to start your own. I always had it to fall back on if I ever needed to go back. So yeah. I kind of had that crutch in a way, but call it a safety net, a safety net. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, when I decided to start my own company, um, it day one, it kind of just blew it. It blew up. Cause my cell phone, he paid for my cell phone all those years, you know, yeah. working under him. And I'm like, I got a company phone. Why would I have my, now I got to go get my own number. <laughs> I lost all my contacts or I had my contacts, but you know, they synced over, but yeah, no one had my number. So I go through each individual person in my phone and just start texting them. Hey, this Aaron Lassiter got to, you know, start my own pest control company. I'm not working for my dad anymore. And, um, texted probably like a thousand people and, I kicked off July 1st, 2018, and I had a full schedule every day after that. No way. (laughs) Dude, so you came out of the gate swinging. Swinging, yeah. It was like my first week was already booked. And if I did have downtime, I was out networking, talking to people, trying to take people to lunches, um, doing everything I could, working from like 6 a.m. to midnight every day for like two years. That was the hardest part. Yeah. Um, trying to keep up with the office. And because when you're a one man show and you're doing eight to 10 jobs a day, you have to stay on top of the office and the paperwork too. So, 
I knew right away, oh, like you, you're working, you know, you got to work in the business cause you got to yeah. generate the revenue, right. but then you also have to work on it to keep it going. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, the, uh, yeah. And making those phone calls to line up more work, you know, it's like I had to do everything in the evening and then, so I know that was July 1st. I know going into winter, it's going to slow down. Pest control slows down every winter. Cold kills bugs, you know. Oh, it, yeah. It, or they go dormant, go underground. Um, January rolls around, and I'm like, I look at my wife. I'm like, I'm still busting it. I have to get help, or this spring <laughs> is going to kill me. And so even more scarier than going out on my own was hiring my first technician, you know. Yeah. I'm like, I, someone's going to rely on me for a paycheck now. Yes. That, that was even more scary than like, cause if I fail, so what? But if I fail him, I'm, I, I can't live with that. Yeah. So, um, but I knew my schedule was full. So if I can train him now, I can go get more work. Sometimes I miss those days when it was just me. Cause there was not so much pressure, but yeah. now it's all running very smoothly and, loving it so hired Derek um which he's still with us I don't know if you've met Derek before or not I don't think so okay he's a real good guy he's got a beard um, okay long beard he's starting starting to grow it out I'm proud of him he let it go and it's yeah <laughs> it's coming in but uh so Derek started with me and then uh got a phone call from uh, uh, my buddy John when John was uh I, he had talked to me about working for me before, but I thought he was joking. <laughs> and I was like, you don't want it. You, you know, like, what? Like, no. Why did you think he was joking? I, I just, because he was in the, like, I don't want to spill too much stuff, but the line of work he was doing, I was like, you don't want to quit that. This is like, yeah, you know. And so after I hired my first guy, he comes to me and he's like, hey, I, I want to work for you. <laughs> I was serious about that. And I'm like, oh, well, you know what? come on, let's do this. And, uh, so yeah, we got him and, uh, Derek rolling. And then I finally realized, like I started reading books about, I had no idea what I was doing as far as growing a business and doing it the right way. And I'm reading books and found out pretty quick. I need someone to answer my phone. I, I have to take that off my plate. So hire my first, <clears throat> my first office help. And, uh, Kylie came in and, she, yeah, got her trained up. And then she ended up winning Miss Rodeo, Oklahoma. So okay. like, <laughs> our family's like into horses and stuff. And we do a lot of, my wife was a rodeo queen and all that. Nice. And uh, so Kylie ends up winning Miss Rodeo, Oklahoma. So she can't work for me anymore because she's got to go do her. Oh, her she's thing. got rodeo duties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, goodness. So uh, luckily I held her long enough. She helped me train Lindsay, who's been with us ever since. Okay. And uh, then uh, another buddy of mine, Tyler, worked for my dad for like five years. And he comes to me. He he left my dad, was working somewhere else, and then wanted to come. Like, I actually kind of, like, I I called him. I'm like, hey, Tyler, we're, we're so busy. You know, like, if you're not happy where you're at, holler at me and I'll make it right with you. And yeah. We ended up swinging him in. He's been with us for two or three years now. And, um, ever, yeah, ever since then, it's just been rocking and rolling. Now we're, uh, where I, where I always dreamed it would be one day is kind of where it's at now. Cause our skip, we always try to stay like 
half a person overemployed on te- on the technician side. Yeah. And it's like perfect because I can still squeeze in those last minute inspections. Like if an agent forgets to call their termite guy and they're trying to get it done the same time as a home inspection. Yeah. Call us. We'll try to make it happen for you. But um, can't always do it. But most of but the time. But you've got we, some of that flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Like if someone needed something done tomorrow, I can make it happen. We may have to tweak the times a little bit, but usually I can get it. I'm kind of curious. What do you guys do f- to manage scheduling? Do you have an app to like manage all the scheduling yeah. and assign different jobs to different people? Or how do you guys do that? Uh, we use We use a software that pretty much, I mean, it just like, everyone's got their schedules every day and the girls have this big screen that they can see everyone's individual schedules every day. But we start it on a book. Like you write it here first. Okay. On like a big schedule book. And then you enter it into the end of the computer. And like Lindsay can be entering something and Callie over here can be entering something and it's real time. It updates real time. And then it goes to the, to the apps on our phone so their schedules on an app, and I'll honestly have to send a lot of credit to the, to, to that software we use. It's called Gorilla Desk, um, it, and especially on the pest control side, like it auto reschedules for us. Like, oh really? Like let's say I come spray your house today, and we recommend quarterly treatments, which is about every ninety days. Mm-hmm. Two weeks before your ninety day, it's gonna auto send you a text with the pre written out thing we have saying. Hey Craig, it's been almost ninety days since we've been there. You want to go ahead and schedule with the next one, and you hit, and it'll actually give you a a date and time, and you can hit confirm, reschedule, or cancel. No. Yeah, it, it'll text. Dude, and, that's you know, awesome. So it's it it kind of helps run itself. As soon as they hit confirm, it alerts them at the office. They jog it down in the book, and then everything's linked up. Dang. So, uh, okay. Yeah. So it's almost like self sustaining. Yeah. I, yeah. Dude, I lo- I wish I could do something like that for real estate. Like, hey, you've been in your house for four years. It might be time to think about moving. There, there, I bet I bet there's a <laughs> stuff set out there to contact those people automatically. Yeah, I bet there is. I mean, I I, I don't know what, but Man, yeah. I've got this CRM that I, I've tried a bunch of different CRMs mm-hmm. and uh, just to keep track of people and you know, store data and notes on conversations and all that. Yeah. And most of them, I feel like they're, they try and put too much in there. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of moving parts and, um, they're just not easy to use. And so yeah. I find myself defaulting to this one, it's called capsule and it's just, it's easy, it's simple. And so I use that a lot. Um, but I just ended up getting this new one. Um, and I can't remember what the name is off the top of my head, but um, it's kind of cool because it'll it'll track your your, your sales funnel too. Mm-hmm. And so, let's say I get like a new buyer or seller that I'm working with, I can put in all the information about that that client, yeah, what I expect them to be buying or selling. So it'll keep track of the sales price, the commissions, and mm-hmm. then I can take different parts of the. Uh, commissions and say like, okay, you know, 55% goes to marketing, you know, this goes to blah, 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 you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so it'll kind of show you like what your (sighs) estimated bottom lines are. Yeah. But what that's Gorilla Desk is a pretty cool system. It is. I the only thing I regret about Gorilla Desk is not getting it as soon as I signed up. Yeah. (laughs) I've even got my dad on it now. Really? Yeah. (laughs) His, His company uses it and yeah, I'm, 
I'm a huge fan of it. Everything's automated. And like any report we fill out, we can email right then and there. You type it all up. You, everything was handwritten until about like five years ago. Okay. You know, all our reports were handwritten. You go scan it in, email it at the end of the day. Yeah. Or like they started coming out with these scanner apps that you'd lay it out on the table, scan it and send it. Yeah. Now it's all just, yeah, it's easy. All digital. Yeah. Nice. So has, did that, like the simplicity of that help you grow and scale? Because for sure, the, everyone's time was kind of freed up. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. Okay. It, uh, I, yeah, it, that between the software and having the right help in the right places is what kind of what made it all run so smooth. I yeah. mean, I, gosh, it, it, I don't want to say it's perfect. It's never perfect. And as soon as I say that, something bad's going to go. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but no, we're, we're in a good place. It's, uh, yeah, rocking and rolling. I just hired a new guy in January. He's trained up on everything except for termite inspections. And he's not too far off, you know. I, yeah. I, my rule of thumb for a new person is I want him to see termite activity 100 times. Before, okay. Before I send them out on an inspection. So that way they know what to look for and, yeah. and what termites look like. Yeah. Cause termites are like, it's never the same ever. Like okay. it, there's no two circumstances that look exactly the same. They're similar, but they can show up anywhere in a house at any time and they can look about 50 different ways. So how you're constantly like scanning. <laughs> I don't understand how they get into some places. Like they'll be in an interior wall in the interior of the house. Yeah. There's and only two ways that can happen around. So <clears throat> when the plumbing lines are com- are stubbed out mm-hmm. and come up around the plumbing lines or air ducts, I guess. Um, or there's a hairline crack or a big crack in the slab. Okay. So, and they'll come up through there. Yeah. They okay. only need, you know, a, 16th of an inch and they'll they'll worm their way right through there and do you always find them in like a swarm no most of the time we only this time of the year do we find them in swarming seasons kicked off now okay so right now you posted the other day and you said so many termites (laughs) i was like oh that's not good we're getting bombarded (laughs) with calls i mean it's great you know because that's what makes our, our company go around but yeah it's all of a sudden you go from like man is anything gonna happen to like no free time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that's, it's crazy. But yeah, and most of the time those swarmers, uh, this time of year, yes. The other times of year, you'll see the, so swarmers are, they're black termites with wings. Okay. The ones that are eating and the, the workers and the soldiers and the queen, they're all, they're white or like a cream color, I guess. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so you, a lot of times you'll find those, but, to see those, the weather has to be like just perfect. So, to see the cream colored ones, yeah. Okay. Because uh, if it's raining that day, they're going to be underground. Okay. They're like ants; they'll stay down in their colony. They'll okay. come up and they'll eat for a couple days, and then if the weather's right, they'll be eating constantly all okay. day. Okay. Um, but <clears throat> if it's too cold or too hot, they'll they'll slow down. They're Does there, that... but. So that, that's the way it works like in, in a house. If you've got a termite infestation, they basically, like ants, would find a source for food somewhere, mm-hmm. and then they go back and forth between the colony and the food until exactly. that runs out. So the same thing, your house is the source of food. Yeah, the, so termites eat cellulose. 
Okay. So, uh, cardboard, cotton, any de- any dead wood. Okay. Like, they'll eat the cellulose out of it and take it, you know, yeah, eat it, take it back to the colony. So okay. They're constantly working, constantly foraging for food. Okay. And uh, that's, yeah, I mean, it, just like ants. And it's kind of like ants, you know, you may have ants in your kitchen. One day they're not there and you think they're gone. Yeah. Where'd they go? Yeah. And then a week later they're back. And you're like, oh, these darn ants. You yeah. Gotta call MVP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you're worried about uh, termites, what are some things that you could look for around your house that would be evidence of an infestation? Um, so I want to start by saying this. We always re- will do, if it's not a real estate transaction, we do free inspections for anyone. Oh, so really? I always recommend doing it every one to three years. Okay. Have, have a professional come through. And not just us, most local companies will offer it for free if you're just wondering if you have them. Yeah. So that's not like a big... It's still freeze free. Yeah, it's not a big plug, but... It, and and we're doing it because we might find something one day and we might make some money off of it. But yeah, but yeah. It, it's a service we offer to make sure your house is good. Um, and with that being said, when you are looking around your ho- your own house, if you ever see loose paint or crunchy paint that you don't know why it's loose or falling down mm-hmm. um, dirt on the walls where you don't know why there would ever be dirt there. Um, the dirt's a big one. And then, yeah, so soft spots, dirt, um, they make tunnels like out in the garage. You'll see the tunnels going up the stem walls. Okay. But, uh, but most of the time it, People stack stuff around the edges of their garages, and it's hard to see unless you get a flashlight out and yeah. and look. But the big ones are gonna be if you ever see dirt coming out of your wall and you don't know what. I was gonna ask how what how does that happen? So what they're doing they're they're in the wall eating, and they're pushing. I call it dirt. It's actually termite frass, which is a good way of saying it's their feces. Oh, but okay. All, all they but eat it looks is like wood, dirt. and it looks just like dirt. Okay. It's, it doesn't stink or, you know, nothing like that. But yeah. Yeah. It, if we'll you don't know what it, it is, we just, <laughs> <laughs> you see dirt coming out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So you would look for dirt, soft spots, mm-hmm. peeling paint, um, the tunnels around the stem walls. Mm-hmm. Are the tunnels also frass or? Well, they're using dirt to make their dirt tubes, but. Okay. There's probably frass mixed in with it as they're building it. Yeah. So. What's the what's the purpose of the tunnel? To protect them, um, term to protect them from the elements and other, you know, insects. Okay. So they they travel inside. Like it'll be like, a, for instance, not every time, but let's it'll look like about the width of a pencil. You know. Okay. Going up the stem wall, and if you knock the dirt away. You'll see those little termites crawling in there, but not every, okay. you know, it, you may knock it and there, there's nothing in there, but then you come back three days later and it's magically fixed. Uh, okay. And it's like, yeah. how did that, <laughs> Yeah. how did that get fixed? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you always hear a lot about termites, termite damage and like how big of a problem it can be. Mm-hmm. Is it really as dramatic as it kind of sounds like it is that the damage that they can do? So I think, don't quote me on this. I should I should probably know better, but I think other than water, termites are the number one cause of da- uh, the no- 
<clears throat> cause more damage in homes than anything else. Okay. So other than water, they're the most destructive thing yes. to a home. Billions of dollars a year to homes <clears throat> in damage. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, this, gosh, again, don't quote me, but I think it's about like $5 billion annually in damage they cause to structures. Damn. So it's it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, water's, <clears throat> water's a big deal too, and water can lead to termites, but I mean... There's very few things, that, and the destruction they do, man. If you, I, I could show you some pictures that are just, you'd be having me out every six months, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crawling under the house. And uh, do you have problems with new homes? Uh, I have found them on brand new homes. Really? Yep. Um, now, I also want to say, like, I'm not saying get your new construction home inspected all the time, because honestly, the the odds is very slim but i have found termites on yeah brand new construction it was built like three or four months ago they're getting ready to close home inspectors like i think you need to call the termite guy out here pretty sure that's what that is you go out and say yep wow it's uh so how does that work what are what are they feeding on if because you said they they feed on cellulose, uh-huh. they get the cellulose out of dead wood. Mm-hmm. So if you're like in a new construction home, um, would there have to be like water damage somewhere? No, no. Um, so all right, let's say crawl space home is pretty easy to say how they get in because they're just crawling up the stem wall into the wood. Yeah. But these new slab homes, the way these homes are built, and most of the time, um, and Oklahoma is a floating slab, so. Um, they do have monolithic slabs, but you're not going to see it very often. The floating Wait, slabs. What's, yeah. What's a floating slab? So you have the stem wall, the outline of the house, right? Yeah. Um, if you ever go to like where they're building a new neighborhood, you'll see just like the outline of the house with the concrete board. Yes. And then, so that's called the stem wall. And then the slab is what we walk on. And those are two separate pours. So they pour the stem wall and they come back and they pour the slab. Okay. Well, right in between that, Stem wall in that slab is a tiny crack, and it's there for on purpose so to allow for movement. Uh, okay, you know <clears throat> our ground out here gets really hot and it dries up, and then it gets wet and it expands, and so we constantly have movement in Oklahoma. Um, and right in that little joint that's supposed to be there, they crawl right up in in between, and uh, okay, or they can come in between. So on the outside, a lot of times you can see the stem wall. Sometimes it's covered in brick. Mm-hmm. And they'll come right up that brick veneer in between the brick and the stem wall into the house. Those little bastards. I mean, the <laughs> oh, termites are the, oh, I, I didn't even mean to get off on all the termite talk, but. The, yeah, uh, no, the, obviously it's it's good to, it is, to know it. and It's, and the, it's by far the most um, in-depth thing in the in our industry in the yeah. pest control industry okay so Term- you're how, what percent of your business do you think is termite related termite related probably about half okay yeah between inspections and treatments i'd say that makes up about half our business and then pest control makes up the other half okay very yeah. cool so it, it, it is a big deal that you know and and i we're pretty deep in the termite side of the industry you know like i don't want to say deep in the game it's not a game but we're pretty <laughs> we're deep in the game, game. <laughs> yeah yeah um, so what, what do you mean by that like we're we do a lot of termite work like, okay okay I mean, uh in comparison you know like 
we we like to pride ourselves on being specialists in that area. So uh, well, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I've I've been around <laughs> it my not my whole life, but since I was in high school, yeah. like watching my dad do it, and um, I've learned a lot over the years about them, and feel like I'm pretty exceptional at at treating for them, and and like our team of guys. I, I, they're just amazing. I mean, I never have to question what they're out doing because, yeah. like, Tyler's been doing this for seven or eight years, and, you know, Derek's been in it for four years, and John's been in it for three or four. It's, yeah. They're the kind of guys you can trust to, <laughs> yeah. you know, be at work and be doing work. Yeah, never have to question their what they're doing. or And if, you know... Sometimes there's those little head scratchers that's like, we better call Aaron. <laughs> we'll just FaceTime and be like, yeah, here's what, yeah. Here's what we do. But um, what? So what do you do when you find a termite infestation? Like, what's the treatment process look like? So there's two ways to treat for termites in Oklahoma. Um, there is, uh, have you ever heard of bait stations? I've heard of bait stations. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but but what is that exactly? So what bait stations are is <clears throat> they're they're these plastic containers they're putting in the ground um, that have a cellulose material that has chemical on it. So they digest the chemical, then they're taking it back to the colony with them. And the idea on bait stations is that they're going to eat that before they eat the house. Okay, because it's free food. It's, it's free candy. Food. But in my head, I don't trust that. Okay. And here, I, I'll give you a little example. If, yeah. If me and you are eating steak at Mahogany. Okay. Right? Sounds good. We're eating on, termites are eating on the house. So we're eating at Mahogany. Yeah. And someone throws some fake McDonald's across the street and says, hey. Come get it. Come and get it. You know, we got this out here right on the ground. It's easy for, you know. Uh, you don't got you don't got to wait. You don't got to work for it. It's right here. We're, we're gonna we're gonna enjoy our steak at Mahogany. Yeah, you're like uh, I'm, this is I'm the good. real thing. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so in my like sure like there's a lot of scientists that like or a lot of big companies try to sell that. They're profitable for for companies because they're they're not they're very inexpensive to set up. And they're very quick to set up. So, like, you can go out and set them up in less than an hour on a house with one guy. Okay. And set them around the house and then drop It doesn't off. take a whole lot. Right. Yeah. What What does it cost to install bait stations? Um, like, it's typically about the same or um, about... It's usually comparable to what a liquid treatment costs. Okay. Um, so, like, if I'm going to treat a house for $1,000, I bet it's pretty close to to that for bait stations. Okay. Um, how how many they, do they put up around the house? But where the bait stations get you is they have to come refill those. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's reoccurring money. Oh, like okay. They're paying, you know, anywhere from two to $400 a year to have you come back and refill them. Okay. And they're, you know, they could still be eating on the house over here. You yeah. Know, they're eventually going to come eat this too. And it's supposed to kill them, but. I don't just know. Just because it's, you have a bait station set up doesn't mean that they're going to leave your house and go to the bait station. Right. And and it's a risk I'm not willing to take. And it's a risk too many times I've seen houses because we do a lot of inspections. Mm -hmm. um, I see the bait stations and I see live termites and I see the paperwork showing when it was placed. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, you mean you did this two years ago and you've had a guy out here every quarter and they're still eating on your house? Yeah. No. <laughs> I like the way you said that, though. It's like it's like eating steak. You're already at the restaurant. You're eating prime. The real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And someone throws out a you know chicken nugget or something and you're like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so the liquid side, there are pros and cons to that, too. Uh, okay. We only do liquid. If someone wanted bait, I would refer them to a friend. Um, okay. But... Liquid treatments, the cons to it is we have to drill through the concrete where it meets the house. Oh. So it's going to be a half inch hole every foot. Okay. We're going to refill it with concrete. Eventually it's going to blend in and you're not going to see it. But for the first year or two, you're going to see those holes pretty, you know, they're filled, but it's a different color than the concrete until it, until the dirt goes over it enough to kind of blend it. Yeah. Um, and so what are you, you're, you're injecting it into the slab or are you going down into the dirt so we're <clears throat> we're injecting it right under the concrete okay uh, so yeah there's the soil then the level of concrete and we're we're injecting it right underneath there up against that stem wall okay. so when they go to crawl up they get in it and it and it kills them or well they take it back to the colony with them okay termidor is what we use it's a non-repellent so they don't even know they're it's actually i think the one of just a couple non-repellents on the market Okay. So they they don't know they're crawling through it. They're taking it back to the colony, and it's a domino effect. Everyone they touch on the way in the crossing in those tunnels, uh, it just dominoes all the way to the to the queen. Nice. Um, but yeah, they're so we got to dig the trenches around the house, which are six inches by six inches, and drill every foot. And where the actual termites are, you have to either pull the carpet up and drill down, or drill from the outside underneath the house. So use a long drill bit and okay and hit it and inject that chemical under the house okay so, um damn so there, there's a lot that goes into a liquid a, treatment it's a big process so like is that one of the reasons people defer to bait stations because they think it's less invasive it's there's not as much work that goes in yeah and there's really good salesmen that sell bait stations yeah <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, well, and it makes sense because it's a good revenue model because it's yeah. reoccurring income. Reoccurring. So, like, where, where your liquid, we can't come pick up our liquid once yeah. we inject it. It's there. Like, okay, the warranty really, like, yeah. what do you mean? You, you think it's going to last 10 years? Why would I? Yeah. Does it last 10 years? Or longer. Yeah. Studies really? show that stuff to last 20 plus years. No way. Yeah. In liquid form? Uh, so once it once the <clears throat> it's mixed with water, mm-hmm. once the water dries after you inject it, it leaves all that the dust behind. Okay, and so that dust isn't really going anywhere. Okay, so they still will crawl through it, mm-hmm. pick it up, and pass it along. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then that's where, like, I, I, yeah, I, I would never single out a company, but that's where I'm like, the bait stations are kind of like, oh, you want to quit paying me? <laughs> I'm gonna come pick them up. Yeah. And now you don't have any protection and those termites are still. Oh, that's how it works. Yeah. So if you stop paying, they say, oh, that's all right. We'll come by tomorrow and pick up the bait stations. Yeah. Or they just won't come refill them. Oh, my God. There's no bait in there. Yeah. Your house is still got termites. (laughs) Dude. Dude. Are there. It's a shady thing. (laughs) I I don't want you to call anyone out, but are there some local shadier pest control companies? I'm not going to call them shady because. I don't think anybody is like intentionally being shady. Okay. When they sell those, I don't want to say it like that. I'm just sorry I've used that verbiage. But, no, no. I uh, well, it's good to know because like as far as tradespeople go, there yeah. are people out there that will I, like deliberately cut corners. Yeah. They will, you know, look so for loopholes. Most of the even like all right, so the big companies who sell it, like 
let's say one of the largest companies in the world, their head entomologist came out on you. There's a YouTube video of it saying that bait stations are inferior to liquid treatments. Okay. <laughs> but like when other companies, like local companies, what you'll find is the guys who are using it were either trained by the big companies or they were bought into this. Like, so I don't think anyone's intentionally like trying to mess over anyone, but I, like the way I explained it to you, which option would you go with? At this? Oh, liquid, hundred percent. Right. It's yeah, like it, it why makes sense. Bait for something that isn't guaranteed to yeah. fix a problem. Yeah, I mean, it's just in my head, I'm like, that's a no brainer. Like, yeah, most people after I explain it, they're like, oh yeah, that's that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I just always tell people do your research on them before you spend money one way or the other. Yeah. Um, look up Terminator, look up reviews, honest reviews, not companies selling the products. Okay. You know what I mean? Get on your Reddit or your, you know, wherever you get your info and <laughs> look, you know, look up do, real do world homework. reviews. Yeah. Okay. So. Are there, there's different types, I'm assuming, of liquid treatments? Yeah. Yep. There are. Um, Termidor is the standard. That's, that's the best. Everyone, okay. everyone knows it. It's the most expensive. It's, but we're not talking like leaves and bounds more expensive. It's just about $50 a bottle more. So on a treatment on a house, on a standard house, it's going to cost about $50 more to use it. Oh, okay. Over the course of a year, that makes a difference. But over the course of one job, it's like, yeah. So Termidor, especially Termidor HE, that's what we use. It is the top Termidor product. Um, then there's other products like... Um, uh, Taurus that has the same active ingredient. Um, so you could like the generic brand. kind Yeah. Of. If someone wants to argue that it's just as good, it's like, yeah, but you know, it, it drives like a Cadillac, but is it a Cadillac? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> I like that. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where I'm at with it. it. And Terminator offers the longest warranty. They're the only one that does a 10 year guarantee. So, so if you use that product on my house mm -hmm. and seven years from now, I find out there's termites. You can, yeah, we can reach out to Termidor and they will pay to have it fixed. Really? Yeah. So. To what extent? Because well, <laughs> I'm just well, wondering like, so what if there's actually some substantial damage to the house? I hmm. And I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I, I was... I don't know there. I don't want to like get myself in trouble. Yeah. Saying what, what they you get a phone call from Termidor, like, yeah. "Hey, man, hey, yeah, uh, we need to talk about that." Uh, I don't know for sure, but I know that they'll have it treated. They so, it. But okay. if you're having it inspected once a year, which we're, we're going to tell you after we treat it, we're you know we offer this for free, or you can keep a warranty through us going. Okay. Like we're going to offer a warranty. And if you're coming out for free, it just makes yeah. sense. You just come or, out and check or out. Or it's a hundred bucks a year to keep a warranty through us. Okay. So like you compare that to like the bait station, which is like two to 400 for them to come refill. Like ours, you know, comes with anywhere from a one to three year warranty and then you can keep it going for a hundred bucks a year. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. <clears throat> it's like, yeah, what you're paying for, for that is like, if something ever did happen, you don't have to deal with Termidor. Like you don't have to call their corporate and you just go through you. Yeah. Just we'll come out and take care of it. Okay. So, uh, Do you find that different types of houses are more susceptible to, to termite damage or infestation? Not necessarily certain type of houses, but there are conditions conducive that can lead to them. Okay. Water 
you never want water around a house really for any reason. Okay. You know, you want gutters, you want, you don't want leaks. Um, I know you've talked to Sean about water problems. And, Dude. And it's, it's, it's and, bad. And it can lead, it's one of the quickest ways to get termites on your house. I mean, they have to have water to survive. So, yeah. Um, and well, then and if they have water on wood, that's like the buffet for it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's the buffet. <laughs> it's know? wild watching Sean go to work on these houses and he'll, you know, cause I kind of look around it when like, if I'm at a showing with a buyer, mm. you know, we'll walk around the exterior, we look and we see, okay, there might be some negative grading here. And we kind of talk about it mm. or we'll, you know, if the gutters are messed up or, or whatever, but when Sean comes out and he starts like calling things out <laughs> and you're like, God damn, I, I guess I wish I would have, you know, thought of that or, you know, oh, looked man. at this. Yeah. We had one actually over here in Guthrie and, um, the, there was some siding on one, one side of the house where at the top, the siding, it was vinyl siding and it had mm-hmm. like peeled back a little bit. It wasn't connected at the top. And so but there the was just the mold. Yeah. Was behind it. Yeah. 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 Story. Yeah. And that so, was... you know, water was just getting back there. And I mean, and there's no telling um, how much other water or damage how was. Is it? Yeah. Like, yeah. How extensive, how far does it go? I yeah. Mean, exactly. It could cool. be behind all that vinyl siding. That's, a, yeah. Yeah. That, that's bad. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then it, uh, double that with some termites in there eating it. It's <laughs> <laughs> no good. No good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely don't want water. Uh, that never stack firewood against your house. Never. Okay. Uh, I, I can almost bet you if you've had some firewood stacked upon your house for a couple of years, I'm probably going to find termites right there. Oh, well, it makes sense. Dead wood. Mm-hmm. The wood's getting wet. Sitting right on the ground. Okay. Yeah, that's, okay. That's a big no-no. So those are, are the two that you can always keep wood away and keep water out. So. Is it? So like our house was built in 1929. Yeah. Would it be much more common to find termites on a house this old? So <laughs> now we're in a whole different ballgame because okay. uh, when this house was built, they had some products that aren't around anymore, like chloridane. Oh. They used to put lifetime warranties on those treatments. Oh, really? Yeah. So, okay. And then Tell it, me more. Yeah, then it gets banned. <laughs> um, then they switch to dia- uh, DDT, DDT gets banned, you know, Yeah. and then diazonol. I actually, when, when was DDT around? Cause that sounds familiar. Gosh, I want to say the eighties. I could okay. be wrong. Okay. Um, then there's a weird time in the nineties when before Termidor was out and after all those good ones got banned that they didn't have a product that was killing termites. Same time that they invented those bait stations. Oh, okay. And those bait stations got invented in the 90s. And all of a sudden, and then Termidor came out and they originally made it for ants. And they were like, wow, this works awesome on termites. And then it, then that's what was it called? Antidor before? Antidor, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, Fipronil is the active ingredient, and that that Fipronil is what they were finding was uh, was working so well. Okay, but uh, yeah, like houses that that were built in the nineties, I'm like, I can almost guarantee not not guarantee, but the likelihood goes way up. Really? That, that because there was just no good product at the time. Like if you were to put give me a house built and you said 1929. Yep. Versus a house that was built in the 90s. And you told me, hey, which one do you think has termites? You're going to say the 90s? Yep. Score. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I'd awesome. I'd say the odds are higher. Um, I got to tell you, man. Now, I now it may have had them at one point. 
but sure. probably been treated if it's still standing and in decent shape. It's probably had a treatment probably in the 50s or 60s. <laughs> and it's going to last until 2050. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I have been so happy with this house structurally mm-hmm. because you think about, you know, uh, you know, big house built in 1929. You're like, man, it's going to be a lot of work, a lot of, a lot of upkeep and things like that. But you walk around this place and it's stout. Like it is a sturdy house. Yeah. And being in other houses all the time and, you know, walking through things built in the Mm seventies or, um, even today, you kind of feel things that you're like, but it's a uh, and people joke like I, I hear clients joke they're like yeah they used real lumber back then yeah and I'm like okay and and so you know I kind of have that in my head and we joke about that mm-hmm. but I'm also at the same time 100% serious when I'm like what's the difference yeah. between real lumber you know quote unquote versus what they're using today yeah and so I don't, do you happen to know, is it, are they using different types of wood or different? I don't know if it's different types, but it's definitely cut different. And like, 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 do you know that two by fours now aren't truly two by fours? One yeah. They lost like a quarter inch or something. Yeah. And, uh, which is a load of shit. I'm paying for a two by four <laughs> piece of wood. Give me, <laughs> if you go in my barn that was built in the early 1900s or whatever, it, that's real two by fours, real two by sixes. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I'm I'd be very interested to crawl under the, this house. Under this house, I wonder what kind of uh, stem wall it is. I, I wonder if it's limestone or I don't what, know because this area is known for that. And sometimes you get under them and you know they're solid. You're looking at it like, dang, someone. Really? I'm going to put some thought into that. And then you go under other ones and you're like, oh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I that, be under is this still standing? <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't be under here. Yeah. There's one. Does this have a basement or a crawl space? Uh, it's crawl space. Okay. But, uh, so, dude, there's a cool story. And I don't know if this is true, but everyone I've talked to that knows the house mm-hmm. has told me about it. And they've said that, you know, this was... Uh, so it was built in 29. Actually, originally, apparently it was built earlier. Okay. But it was completed in 29 completed air quotes, um, by a a pair of doctors. And so from 29 to like sometime in the fifties or sixties, it had been owned by, I think two different sets of doctors. They used it as a doctor's office. And allegedly the house across the street over here was where one of them lived or maybe they both lived. Yeah. And during world war two, allegedly there was a tunnel that they had dug out that connected the two no kidding. in case of like air raids or attack, like bombing or something. Yeah. And so I've, I've kind of always wondered like if there was a tunnel that connected them. And if so, like I've heard I, about Guthrie tunnel systems before, right? I heard there's a lot of it's, tunnel systems up here, dude. Uh, I don't know how real it is. The temple over you, here. I heard you can get to Oklahoma, the, uh, the capital underground. Yes. Yeah. Is it true? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they, when they were doing the work over here on Harrison, um, they were doing something, redoing the roads uh-huh. for like years. <clears throat> I remember uh, when we had, we didn't live here, but we were, I, I used to work in film. My wife and I, I were out here shooting a Western and that construction, like they had Harrison completely blocked off east of division and it was a mess. You know, you could never get around down there. It was always a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, apparently, at some point when they were working on that, they were using an excavator and broke through a tunnel. No way. Yeah, that's that's what I heard at least. And <laughs> so I'm like, yes. <laughs> Let me see. But apparently, it goes back to the Capitol building. Okay. And then there's there's other stories that I've heard about tunnels that go from the Capitol building to um, the Blue Bell, mm-hmm. with the little saloon over here. Yeah. And then also there's a pharmacy. Um, and it was, it, it is actually now like a pharmacy museum, Okay. but it was the town, the ph- pharmacist was there. Yeah. Um, and apparently there's a tunnel that connects that to the Capitol building as well. And I was telling a guy this story and he's like, yeah, that makes sense. And I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. You know? And, and he was like, no, you'd want the Capitol building to be connected to a doctor or pharmacist yeah. in case of like you know, someone got hurt or an assassination or, or if someone needed medicine or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, but yeah, apparently there's tunnels freaking all over Guthrie. That, yeah. That, and then yeah, that's pretty cool. And then if you talk to old, uh, Tim over here at the, at the temple, um, <clears throat> he's the like groundskeeper now. Uh-huh. And the, the dude is hilarious because he's been there for years, mm-hmm. like probably 10 or 15 and he knows how many stories there are around like the temple, yeah. the tunnels, and you know it's a it's the Scottish Rite temple now, so it's uh, Freemasons. Okay. Yeah. And actually, when it was the Capitol building, it was built by Freemasons. So there's there's a lot of uh, like sim, uh, symbols, Mason symbols, and things like that that yeah. were incorporated in the building. And he totally plays on it. Oh. And he'll like t- he'll tell people about the basement where the incinerator is, and then oh, he'll look yeah. you dead in the eye and be like, that's where we burn the bodies. <laughs> and you're just like, Tim, what the hell, man? <laughs> you're like, really? <laughs> you, you hear that? The, the, the mason stuff to back it up. Yes, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, so we had a... Uh, anyone we had, who doesn't know much about that, that yeah, yeah. freak you out a little we, bit. <laughs> we had my neighbor over uh, for an episode of the podcast. He yeah. is the food and beverage director for Karsten Creek Country Club in Stillwater. Okay. <clears throat> and we're sitting here, you know, having a good time. And we we're shooting at like five, six o'clock in the afternoon. So mm. uh, we broke out a couple beers and he had brought over some whiskey and mm. he was drinking whiskey. And then he drops the bomb on me that he's a 32nd degree Freemason. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> what? What can we, can't we talk about? Because yeah. I'm about to ask some questions. <laughs> and I, I was hoping he could give me some information on the temple here. but. Yeah. He said he's he's not part of that fraternity. Okay. And, um, but anyway, yeah, there's... Oh, dude, I'd love to talk to someone like that. Me I too. I have so many questions. Well, but... <clears throat> what are they going to say? They can't... Yeah. Are they going to tell you anything? Right. Yeah. They're going to... Yeah. I've, I've watched enough documentaries. History <laughs> channel. <laughs> I know what the, they... I already know what, it, what that conversation would probably go like. But. Yeah. Man, I watched a documentary once, um, and it, I think it was a BBC documentary, mm-hmm. but they were talking about Freemasons. Yeah. And they were like pulling the veil off, you know, to show you what it actually is. Yeah. And there's this one guy who like wants to be part of it. Mm. And you have to go through this, um, <clears throat> this like process to, I don't know, you have to like memorize a speech and For, yeah. go through this ceremony to, to like, be initiated. Yeah. Not just anyone gets, yeah. gets in. Yeah. 
but and you know like he they showed him like practicing his script of what he had to say and all this stuff and mm-hmm. i'm like listen to the words some of it's in latin mm-hmm. and you're like okay i don't really know what you're saying but they totally downplayed it at all and like uh, by the end of it the conclusion that they come to is this is just another fraternity that happens to have you know secrets i'm like what a low shit you yeah know? we like, want to know what the yeah, secrets are. I, <laughs> I, I don't believe you bbc yeah, come on. Uh, i uh, i'm fascinated by the masons dude you know I, it got me thinking about something else did, did did you hear a story about guthrie i i i don't mean to like go too far off track yeah no let's do it but i heard guthrie was supposed to be the original capital the it was, was supposed actually to be here and they stole it and took it to oklahoma city so the story i've heard was that uh you know this was built as the capitol building okay and the Oklahoma State Constitution was housed in the Capitol building here. Okay. <clears throat> and when Oklahoma became a state in, um, I want to say 1891, I might be wrong. Right after the land But ride. yeah, right after the land ride. No, I guess it was... After. Okay, yeah. Right? I think it would have been after. I got you. We're in the same... Yeah. Yeah. I need to brush up on my history. Right. But there's a newspaper, um, like a print house yeah. over here, and it's on the corner... And it's this big, tall building. I want to say it's like four or five stories. And there's a balcony at the top. And apparently that balcony, like when the Oklahoma statehood was announced, they like came out on the balcony and held up the first paper that came off the printing press that said, you know, Oklahoma was declared a state, you know, all this. And um, the capital or the temple over here was the Capitol building. Mm. And then someone uh, and Guthrie was also the biggest... um, or the most densely populated area in the land run. Yeah. Um, or like in that time. Uh, and, and I wish I could remember the whole story, but at some point the declaration or a constitution was stolen from the Capitol building here. in they say in the middle of the night. Yeah. And then um, like days or weeks later, it showed up in Oklahoma city and Oklahoma city claimed to be the capital of, of Oklahoma. And how, yeah. Yeah. And like, so it was like this, you know, oh, that would have to be conspiracy. Too, oh know? dude, I would think so. Imagine like if you know, like you're setting up shop right next to where the capital is going to be. And yeah, and all of a sudden it's 30 miles. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like then that's a huge deal. Yeah. Like, right, let's the time you get there, you probably thought about it. You know, it probably is not a bad, bad idea. Like y'all take it. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm going home. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You look at the like historic nature of Guthrie, mm. excuse me. And you're like, okay, like this, this, pro- this was the capital, yeah. you know, like yeah. old, old buildings from the 1890s. Mm-hmm. Um, so much freaking history, man. You, you can feel it walking around down for here. sure. Yeah. Even the roads. Is, you know, yeah. Just, you know, they still have original brick roads over here yeah. on, um, what is it? Uh, like, f- uh, first street, I think. The, um, there's some that run North and South right yeah. off of, um, division or, yeah, like if you're at Division and like Oklahoma and and Harrison, whatever that next block over, I wanted to say it was First Street. On the but west. It, yes, yeah. to the west. That whole road is all old brick, like yeah. kind of wild stuff. In fact, when we shot, um, <clears throat> what is it called now? It, when we were shooting it, it was called Mustanger, uh, the Mustanger and the Lady. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I forget what they actually ended up calling it. But uh, we shot that in Guthrie, and they wanted that road specifically because it had the old brick and everything. And so we had to, uh, you know, have the t- the city come out. And they had everyone move their cars off and oh, no park kidding. elsewhere, and and then we, you know, dressed it up and brought old carriages and horses nice. and had hitching posts and stuff. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I thought think, that was a crazy world doing film, dude. Uh, my cousin's pretty big into that stuff, and he's made a couple couple films that are on amazon prime what yeah. what does he do uh just like like i don't know what genre right you would call it but um what was uh what was one he sam uh, squanch county kind of like sam, sam squatch like sasquatch yeah sam okay. squatch county <laughs> and, uh, it's you know a little like like funny some of them are horror some of them just yeah oh i know the genre you're talking about yeah uh so i got into that for a little bit i was doing this so i got in with this production company called the asylum okay and their niche is all those really shitty horror sci-fi movies yeah yeah like that's what they do and they do it very well okay and so they contracted with sci-fi channel sci-fi basically has an open checkbook for them for these movies, oh, no they're kidding. like, yeah, the shittier the better. Just bring it. Man, Just keep them coming. A market for it. Oh yeah, yeah. It, there's a huge cult following. Yeah, and uh, so in this studio, it's hilarious. They have, um, so they, it's basically two buildings on either side of the street. Mm-hmm. One is more like their corporate office where there's three main producers. They've got their offices there, and then everyone else that keeps the thing running. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a mm-hmm. um, basically you have. Uh, think of the like a rectangular hallway that goes all the way around the building, like on the outside. You got offices on the outside, and then there's editing studios or bays on the inside. Okay. But all around the outside, they have every poster of every movie that they've ever made. Oh, nice. And it's hysterical. The main producer will actually, he loves rollerblading. He always has rollerblades on. Yeah. And he'll just like rollerblade around, check in on all the offices and everything. <laughs> like, oh, all right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> different. And he'll like rollerblade across the street and go over to the, where they're you know yeah. actually like planning and producing the movies. Yeah. Um, but it's funny walking through there and you see all these posters of, you know, all these movies and you're like, they made that <laughs> that's a movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so i i got to do um a bunch of like zombie movies oh yeah um i did sharknados oh did uh, you really yeah so no, i did didn't. sharknado three and four okay um uh, I, I was an assistant director on it had a lot of fun sharknado. it was it was a good time <laughs> yeah we shot four in las vegas oh yeah and yeah and uh dude that that was uh, the it was fun. It was yeah. fun. But we were doing a lot of overnight shoots and, you know, the yeah. casinos are open 24 seven. So it was, we shot inside the stratosphere mm-hmm. and then shot out on Fremont street and we did a bunch of exterior stuff. Yeah. Um, but it was wild. We didn't shut down the casino at all. Uh, so there were still people, you know, doing their thing, gambling. Yeah. And it kind of got to a point where, you know, we would yell like rolling, you know, <laughs> people would just sit there and they did not even care. And we had some of these scenes and you can tell when you watch the movie, it's hilarious. Yeah. The idea is there's this sharknado that's like rolling through oh, Vegas yeah. and, you know, killing people and the sharks are like landing on people and whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. And then there's, you can see the people who are actually real people just sitting at the slot machines. They don't give a shit. They're just playing, <laughs> you know? And <laughs> so you're like, they're clearly not worried about the sharks. Right? You know? but, yeah. That's um, hilarious. 
I know we did that. And then uh, I got to do another shark movie in Cape Town, South Africa, Okay. which was a blast. So that was the first one that I got to be a production manager on. Oh, nice. And yeah, so um, I, <laughs> that was wild mm-hmm. because uh, I had been working as an assistant director and um, was still, f- I had only been in the film world for a couple of years. Yeah. I was still learning what I was doing. And um, I, someone just asked me like, hey, would you be interested in managing the show? It's a post-apocalyptic water world sort of movie with sharks. Cool. I'm like, yeah, I'm down. And they're like, okay, great. We're going to shoot it in South Africa. And I was like, <laughs> and they're like, you've got 11 days to get your passport. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and uh, so we got on that. But landing in South Africa was the biggest eye opener mm-hmm. because here we are, like I landed with a script and, yeah. you know, like a couple, we had a couple people on the team, but I had, I'd never been there first of all. Yeah. Um, and so I landed at the airport. I want to get a rental car. And this was just like the perfect starting point for this movie because it explains everything else in a nutshell. I get to the rental car and, you know, the driver's seat is on the opposite side of the car than we're used to. And it's a manual. Okay. So you got to drive with your... You got the manual on the left. I do it the right But the manual is still set up the same way as if it would be if you were on the left side of the car. So you still have first over to the left and then second and it reverses, you know, down. And so you're doing it all backwards and with your left hand. Okay. Yeah. And then you're driving on the wrong side of the road too. So (laughs) that's the thing that would get me. I know. (laughs) So you've got like, it's just one thing on top of another, on top of another, but my personality type, I'm like, I can do it. And you know, so just hop in, you know, get going. It, it it was just awkward. Um, but Cape town was beautiful. Like it, it was like Southern California. Um, but, but on Island time, everyone's like super chill sometimes to our detriment because in film, everything's very fast paced. Okay. And you know, we had locals that we were hiring and you'd be like, Hey, we need yada, yada, yada. And they're like, I got you, man. (laughs) And you're like now. And they're like, I got you. You're like, Hello. <laughs> like right now. <laughs> <laughs> but they're great, great people. Uh, still friends with a lot of them on Facebook and everything. And you wish you could live like that sometimes. <laughs> yes. Just like, I, totally yeah, I got it. Like, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. That island time, something oh, else. Oh, man. man. I would love that. <laughs> it's so fast facing. Actually, I did. Uh, so I'm not, I don't mean to keep talking about film, but no, um, yeah, yeah. I did one that was probably the most fun. Um, well, not, no, that's not, that's not true. But, so I grew up, I had a younger sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a year and a half younger than me, and she was obsessed with the boy bands in the early 2000s. So oh, like yeah. NSYNC, Backstreet yeah. Boys, 98 Degrees, all of them. She oh, loved yeah. them. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, and I would always make fun of her, but I, you know, she had posters on the wall. <laughs> she was obsessed with um, AJ from the Backstreet Boys and all this stuff. Okay. Well, I get this call to do a post-apocalyptic zombie western that was written and produced by Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> and the idea is it's all the boy band guys from the early 2000s in this post-apocalyptic oh zombie God. world. And, and I'm like, this sounds like it's going to be a good time. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, I'm in. Like, so, yeah. so we ended up shooting it in I've Butte, Montana. That. Yeah, I mean, check it out. It's, it's on Amazon. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it was a great time. And actually, that's where I, I got this tattoo. Okay. And everyone will ask me, like, it never fails. People are always like, is that how many people you've killed? 
Like, yes, it is. Is no. it how many is it? It's seven. Seven. Okay. And it, it it was because the movie was called Dead Seven. Oh, okay. Or, or the Dead Seven. I'm gonna have to and watch it now. You should check it out now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I I almost regret getting the tattoo because it you know I think because the tally marks and yeah. you know it's red and so people always think it's something negative mm-hmm. but um, really we got it because. Well, we had gotten really drunk one night and, uh, you know, we're hanging out with these guys and talking about how much of a blast the show was. Mm -hmm. And, um, AJ had said, let's fucking get tattoos. (laughs) And we're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I'm sleeved up. So why not? Yeah. So man, we just, uh, we, we all bought in and actually we, so we were doing it the next morning and, uh, I, I remember waking up and there were like a couple calls and missed texts and they were yeah. like, hey, are we going? Are we going? Are we going? We're doing this. Thing. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. And <laughs> right. you know, so you wake up all hung over and you know, like <laughs> stroll down to the lobby and there's a couple guys waiting to go and yeah. uh, just went and got tattoos. <laughs> that one probably, luckily didn't take long. If you yeah, pretty, no, it was just a couple minutes. You're hung over. You don't want to <laughs> yeah. A, yeah, no. a long session. Actually, I remember bleeding like crazy. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, they won't usually give you a tattoo if you're hung over or you've had alcohol because mm-hmm. it your blood and everything yeah and so i always i wondered with as much as i was bleeding i was like do i have that much alcohol still in my system you know <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> yeah, yeah but anyway fun fun times now fil- film's yeah. a cool like it's a cool world yeah. and i'm really proud of oklahoma and how they're handling the film world kind of moving out here mm-hmm. and it's weird to see this happen in so many different industries because <clears throat> you see it happening in uh film You've got uh, people from Los Angeles coming out here because it's cheaper to produce movies. Yeah, I can see. Um, we also have different um, climates and like geographies or topographies. So we've got a little bit of mountains. We've got mesas. We've got pra- uh, prairies and plains. We've yeah. got cities. We've got historical towns and we've got deserts. Yeah. So it's like you can shoot anything here. That makes sense. And then the uh, the state's giving a tax rebate or an incentive uh, for film to come out. So kind of motivates larger productions to come out. Mm-hmm. And my wife's working on one uh, called the Tulsa King right now, which is which is pretty cool. It's got... T- Tulsa King? Tulsa King. I don't know who the Tulsa King is. Have you heard of Yellowstone? Yeah. Okay. So the guy that created Yellowstone, Taylor Sheridan. I've seen all those. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a Yellowstone fan. You, then you're going to love this. Okay. It, he, he wrote it. It's the same kind of show okay. as like Yellowstone or 1883, but it's got Sylvester Stallone. And oh, I'm not I'm not gonna give anything away because I don't want anyone to get in trouble. Yeah. But uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really good show. Uh, you know, so it's a show, not a movie. It's a sh- it's a show. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And so they all, I, all over that. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> it actually, I think yeah. they're gonna so they're shooting it now, but I believe it starts airing in like July or August. Okay. So yeah. yeah so take, not too far out there. No, take a look. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's gonna be in it. Um, it's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's happening with um, real estate too. We've got a lot of people coming in from out of state. Isn't this wild? Yes, you know, buying up land, buying houses. I'm no agent, but I've been directly working with them since like 2008. Yeah, so I, this is wild, man. What's yeah, going on here. Ha- have you ever seen anything like it? Not even close. No, not even remotely close. This seller, like. It flips from a seller's market to a buyer's market, and and there's pros and cons to each in my line of work. Yeah, this heavy of a seller's market is rough. I mean, it's yeah, it's it. It also has its pros and cons as well. 
but it's tough. It's it's wild. I mean, if you're trying to buy a house and you don't have nothing to sell, that's the tough part. That's the tough part. <clears throat> well, and I feel like people are getting hit by the other side of it too, like buyers are, mm-hmm. because now you've got prices are high. Yeah. But now you've got interest rates rising. Mm-hmm. You're at you know five and a quarter, five point three percent interest. And that means your payment is like on a $250,000 house. Yeah. It's like $250, $240 more than it was in December. Right. You know, yeah. it, it, that's a five month difference. Yeah. That's a pretty big difference. And so yeah. I kind of wonder, and this is one of the conversations we're having a lot right now is, is, is the rising interest rates going to cause the market to slow? It's eventually got to, right? It, and it I hope has the pendulum to slow. doesn't swing too hard the other way, too. See, I don't think it will. Okay. <clears throat> my my logic, and I'd be interested to get your thoughts on it, okay. but uh, my logic is there's so much demand on the buy side uh-huh. because you've got literally the largest generation in history yeah. coming to home ownership age, yeah. and we've also had the better part of 10 years of a lot of really positive economic growth. Mm-hmm. And uh, a statistic just came out from the National Association of Realtors that said the average American, um, I think it was just the average American, has on average $19,000 in, um, I can't remember how they said it, savings or cash on hand or, okay. or something like that. Yeah. And in a world where you can say the average American has $19,000 in cash or investments or liquidity or you know mm-hmm. some sort of cash on hand... That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't like that ten years ago. No, no, that's, no, no. And so I think like the that's state of the economy is a lot healthier than for sure. You know, we just gotta hope it stays that way. Yeah, that's the big thing. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you though. I, I think I'm on the same page. I've always said it's like a pendulum through the years, mm-hmm. but this pendulum's taking a big swing one way. I don't think it's going the other way. It's hard. Yeah, um, I've always said it's going like this every year you know every six months it's flipping back and forth but uh this is uh this is something different you know I, i've been i've learned a lot through the, through this too uh from a business standpoint because it is uh when we find termites on a house a lot of times it's just like they have it pre-written up that the sellers are gonna pay for the treatment mm-hmm. well they're not having to do that anymore all the Are time. they not getting not the sellers the to pay time. for it? I mean, okay. most of the time they'll go ahead and sign it because, yeah, it's my job to pay for it if my house has it. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're wanting to argue every little thing now, and uh, it's like they got the leverage. And it's yeah. like, I mean, <clears throat> but that's where it pays to have a good agent, bottom yeah. line, because you, you're not going to let it fly for someone, you know, one of your buyers. It, it really does. And what I tell every buyer is yeah. that when it comes to like the, the TRR and negotiating repairs, yeah, um, especially in this market, it's hard. But if you really want that thing, mm-hmm. you've got to be ready to almost kill the deal over it. Right. You know, like yeah. if, if it's really important to you yeah. or if it's a repair that you maybe can't afford to do after you move in and you need the sellers to do it. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's push for it, but be ready. They might just say, you know what? No. Yeah. Or, you know, like yeah. I had this happen recently with a house in Edmond where uh, it was kind of a weird divorce situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the couple had divorced and the wife had been living there for seven years okay. while they were like getting the divorce finalized and everything. Yeah. And she did not maintain anything. She oh. like just wrecked the just place. let it go. Dude, carpet was tore to hell. Mm. Um, it was just funky. Like 
there were just stuff broken all over the place. Yeah. Um, and so the buyer, you know, she had been looking for a house since like September, October of last year. And we looked regularly, you know, I had her set up on an auto email. Mm-hmm. Um, we would go pop in and check out a place probably once a month or so. We would find something that she thought she might be interested in. And finally this popped up and she was like, Hey, I like it. Let's, let's go look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, she wanted to go look at it like the, during the weekend, this was on like a Tuesday. I was like, we need to go look at it tomorrow. Right. Yeah. And so we got in there. Uh, she was able to make a cash offer, Cool. but it, yeah. So she had that capability, but her cash came from a, uh, from a life insurance settlement because her husband had passed away. Uh, and yeah. so it's kind of a bummer, but she's thinking, you know, Hey, I've got, uh, three kids. I'm a single mom. Um, I don't have a man around the house to do these repairs. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, you know, I'd like for these repairs to be done prior to moving in or, or credit me some money back so that I can have them done. Mm-hmm. And some of them were very legit requests. Mm-hmm. There were a couple where I was like, you know, it's kind of a cosmetic thing. You yeah. know, they're, they don't really care about the carpet or whatever. Um, but there were some issues with the septic and um, sprinkler system and just some other things. So she was asking, she wanted to get 5,000. Yeah. And I said, I said, you know, if we ask for five, they're going to give us a thousand. Yeah. It, that's just how it is right now. And she was like, well, you know, what if we ask for 10? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I said, we can ask, but I mean, we have to be prepared sure. for them to say no or, or, you know, right. be, be ready to potentially, you know, lose the deal. Yeah. And so we tried it. We asked for 10. They came back and uh, they said, we'll give you 2000. And we were like, that's actually, you know, better than we originally thought it was. Yeah, but. better than nothing. Yeah. Well, she was kind of a she was a hardball or she wanted to play some hardball and so yeah. she we countered back to their counter with 7500 and so, and anyway, oh, yeah. Yeah, we countered back with 7500 and it was actually funny. I was a little nervous doing it cuz I was like Right now, we're not having a lot of back and forth negotiation on repairs. Because they could just drop it, right? They could. Well, technically, she has the house under contract, but they could just say no. Okay. Like we're not going to give any repairs. Yeah. And and you know the the downside for the buyer was um, they they had other offers. Yeah. And uh, the one thing that we had going for us was that we had had the house under contract for like three weeks at the time. And because it was a cash transaction, yeah. we were set to close in like eight or nine days. Oh, so they're like, and yeah, so the seller's looking at a paycheck a week out, yeah, or you know, a week and a half spend out. Another, uh, you know, thousand fifteen hundred bucks on the mortgage payment. Yeah, all of a sudden, and another thirty days and another or 30 or more. Day. Yeah, yeah, and that that could potentially be two more house payments. Exactly. Yeah. I so they they ended up meeting us at three thousand. Okay. And buyer was happy with that and, you know, every, everything worked out. But yeah, cool. it's definitely one of those markets where you've, you've got to play hard if you're going to get anything for repairs. That's, hey, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I, I'm glad I don't have y'all's job. I don't know how the yeah. negotiating <laughs> like, Can we ask that? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> no, it's, it's a fun job, man. But uh, it's funny, I was listening to you talk earlier about, you know, the, the pest inspection and, and Gorilla Desk and mm-hmm. how everything's just kind of taken off and I was, I was thinking a little bit to myself, like, what would it be like to have a business like that? Like sales is a different breed because, yeah. you know, you've got to be like on it and in it every day mm. or, or you don't grow, right? you know? And so it's, ours is all referral based. 
Yeah. So it's like, like it's almost like every time you land like one person, it almost leads to two or three. Yeah. Their buddies have spiders. Oh, I just MVP and then they're calling. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's the beautiful thing about business and, and like putting an emphasis on good customer service yeah. and, you know, the, and the relationship, the client relationship. And, and the service world that I'm in, it boils down to like three things. Be a decent human, <laughs> answer your phone yeah, and uh, do a good job or know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, like that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's. Yeah. I, I've got to ask you something. You seem like, like we're very in line as far as work ethic and business go. Yeah. And, uh, I think like you, you've probably got some big goals you're going after you're doing well in business. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been thinking a lot about this recently and I feel like it is so easy today to do better than your competition. Yeah. Because all you have to do is be like a fraction better at like answering your phone yes. or returning a call yeah. or like giving someone the time of day uh-huh. because it's like everyone today is so like you've got 30 seconds of their attention and that's it. That's, or yeah. they're not even really listening to you yeah. um, or they don't call you back. And I feel like, man, like all I've got to do to be successful is literally like literally just do a little better than yeah. what everyone else is doing. I'm telling you, <laughs> a two minute conversation to most people feels like 10. Yeah. You know, like uh, to me, I'm a talker. So an hour could go by. I'm like, oh, I thought it was like, shit. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like I even when I train um, our technicians, I tell them, I'm saying, stop and give them a minute, you know, get like, make sure they don't have any questions and that will make it feel like you are t- there twice as long. Yeah. Like I never want to feel like I'm in and out sometimes because the home inspection takes, you know, three hours. Yeah. Ish. Mm-hmm. Um, ours is like half an hour. We go hop in our truck, start filling out the reports, but you know, roughly about half an hour. I'm like, I, I don't want it to think I'm not here, you know, but that extra like five minutes just standing around talking to people, it makes them like, yeah, you're not, I'm not in a rush. I just also want, it's your day today. I don't want to take yeah. up too much. So if you don't have questions for me, um, yeah, we're good. But when someone starts quizzing, you better be ready to answer too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And being able, being able to respond and, I feel like even if you don't know the answer, mm-hmm. you know, if you let them know, like, hey, you know what, that's, that's a good question. No one's asked me that before. Or, yeah. or, you know, I, I don't have an answer for that, but I can, I can get one for you. Like I'll find out. Mm-hmm. And then not just saying that, but then actually finding out, actually finding it. That's huge. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. so many people I hear say that, you know, like, Oh yeah, I can find out or I'll, I'll take care of that. But then they don't, mm-hmm. you're like, dude, where's the follow up? Where's the follow through? Yeah. I'm with you. No, I know all too well about that. <laughs> yeah. Because if I'm stumped, sometimes I'm like, man, that's new. Like, I thought I'd seen it all at this point. But yeah. No, I'll all, find out. <laughs> always learning. Yeah. Always learning. So um, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, call, text, or email. Facebook call, text, Messenger, Instagram Messenger. Um, 
Okay. He'll probably reply to something on our TikTok videos, and I'll answer. Yeah. Do you do TikTok? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, like for fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll make little. Either I'll make personal stuff too, but for MV, I'll give MVP some. Yeah. I let a black widow crawl on my arm last year. No. Yeah. I made a TikTok on it, dude. I, no. I had a shirt on, but oh, okay. It, I, I've thought about doing it without a shirt. Just oh, do it for the TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> do it, the but uh no i'm uh i i uh, yeah i do all the little social media stuff um like the content that's being put out on our facebook page and our instagram uh shout out to callie in our office she's uh she's like a pro at that so yeah she's kind of taking it over the last few weeks and Very starting nice. to make it look more professional well and man i was looking at your uh, google reviews Google reviews are off the hook. Yeah, they are, right? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> you've got, one, a shit ton of them. Yeah. And two, they are all like five-star reviews. Yeah, I got one four-star. Did you? Yeah. Oh, man. Did you call them? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Is there something I hey, did wrong? You guys missed a star. Was that an accident? It's funny. She said, uh, well, my HVAC is still leaking. I'm like, oh, come on. What do you mean? You're... We're not the heat and air guys. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, I thought you were the heat and air guys. I'm like, MVP. Like, hey, pest oh, control. Yeah. <laughs> pest we control. We were there spraying, did we do? <laughs> anyway, no. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, the reviews is huge. Um, we've just went over 100 like a few weeks ago. Nice. Um, and uh, I, I'm pumped. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm, yeah, I I send out little like we have that little link. If we did a great job, do you mind leaving us a review 100%. at the bottom of their invoice? Yeah, and uh, so I'm pushing for them a little bit, but I'm not going like out of my way and asking. It's just like, hey, here's yeah. your invoice. By the way, I think that wanna... the evidence is you're you're getting them. So yeah. I think you know that people see you doing a good job. They care enough to go on there. Yeah. Man, it like makes me blush reading some of those sometimes. Really? Yeah. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) That's on the internet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Man, I get a, I I have kind of a hard time like taking uh, compliments and stuff like that. Mm. And I had one person that left me a review that said like, Craig is a wonderful and beautiful human being and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's news to me. Thank (laughs) you. <laughs> but no, no man. Awesome, man. Uh, so, anything else you want to say, like uh, on MVP and pest control? Uh, no, I, I think we've about come. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love what I do. I love helping people. That's that's. Uh, well, I, and I appreciate what you do, man. Like I said, I mean, yeah. you guys do all of our pest inspections, and mm-hmm. uh, you do a great job. And there's a reason we keep calling you guys. You know, appreciate you can it. always get out when we need you. And uh, like I said, you do a good job. So well, we appreciate you. you. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me on today. This has been yeah. a, this has been awesome. I, I enjoy it. So. 100%, dude. We'll have to have you back out. This is a good time. For sure. For sure. All right, man. Well, hey, thank yeah, you. No problem. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. See ya. See ya. Boom. That's cool.